0: Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 216. A couple of weeks ago, I put the call out on Instagram asking you guys if you wanted an episode on how to plan for 2020. And the majority of you, like I think all except for maybe one or two people, said yes. And Lauren, who is today's guest, Lauren Stratford, she saw that post and she reached out to me and asked me if she could run the episode, run the planning session. And I said, of course, I love that idea. I'm not very good at planning myself. In fact, um, (laughs) I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this, but this year was the first year that I really got strategic about planning and thinking of what content I want to do next year, thinking of what worked well in 2019, what I want to do in 2020, what goals, All of the things that I don't normally put that much time and effort into, I decided that with 2020, I need to be a lot more strategic. So hopefully today's episode will help you to find the same strategy, the same direction in your year. Now, today's guest, Lauren Stratford, she is the founder of Seriously Sorted, where she is a productivity coach who helps you to find more time to serve your clients, live your life, and focus on the work that you actually enjoy, which I think is a pretty big part of why we started our businesses, right? Not to spend all that time in our inboxes, but to actually do work that lights us up. So I am very excited to bring you today's episode where Lauren and I chat all things planning for 2020. If you're listening to this episode and it's already 2020 or maybe even 2021, wow, that's a scary thought, you can still apply most of this process to your quarterly planning. So let's say at the end of March, you might decide to review quarter one and then plan for quarter two. So you could apply this exact process to that. And anyway, without any further ado, let's jump into the planning session. Hey, Lauren, welcome to Socialette. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. So Lauren, you run Seriously Sorted and for our listeners who don't know who you are and what do you do... Who are you and what do you do?
1: <laughs> okay, I'm Lauren. I run Seriously Sorted. Um, so my purpose is to help really brilliant creatives um, simplify their business systems and structures and really make time for what matters most to them. So I'm a systems and processes gal um, and, yeah, so I help them do that through, um, you know, intentionally designing their workflows and their customer experiences, um, understanding where their time can be most valuably spent, um, and just designing um, their business really around what matters to them in terms of um, their, their life and their family.
0: I love that. And we're definitely going to be diving into this intentionally designing 2020 yes. very soon. <laughs> but firstly, I'd love to know what inspired you to start your business?
1: <sighs> um, okay. So my backstory, I guess, would be that I, um, my background is in franchising and marketing. So I worked for corporate, um, franchises for probably 15 years, um, 15 year career left, um, to start, uh, well, to, Support my partner in our other business. We have a property development business. Um, and whilst I was good at the things that I did in that business, it didn't light me up. So I realized while I, um, still definitely have, um, interest in that business, um, I needed something that was for myself. So that's sort of how Seriously Sorted started. Um, And it's been a bit of a journey. So I've had probably three years um, in Seriously Sorted now. And in some ways, I feel like I'm just starting, I guess, Seriously Sorted 2.0 is how I'm sort of um, talking about (laughs) it. So I realised after sort of a lot of trial and error that maybe I wasn't intentionally designing my business to suit me, that I was um, maybe following following what other people were doing or, you know, not copying as such, but thinking, oh, if that's what they can do, that's what I can do. So mm-hmm. it's taken me a little bit of time to realise, nope, stay in your own lane. You're a systems and processes nerd and that's that's cool. So um, Love yeah, that. I feel like I'm sort of finally on the right track and I'm owning my nerdiness with this kind of stuff. So when you put out the call about planning, I'm like, oh, the P word. I'll, yeah. I can get on
0: board with that. I'll talk to, <laughs> talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> as somebody who struggles with planning like that is for me I, I just I I can plan whether yep. I can stick to that plan yep. or whether I can plan effectively like that's a whole other story <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and I think sometimes we get caught up in um like there's a difference between goal setting and planning I guess the mm. logistics of of what you want to do and where it's goal setting is the exciting bit. I know that. And planning is probably the nerdy bit um, or the boring bit sometimes. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, so I try and help my clients uh, do it in a way that doesn't seem as boring, I guess.
0: (laughs) I love that. So when you talk about intentionally designing your business, what does a business that's been intentionally designed actually look like?
1: I guess um, in terms of how I work with clients, I don't like assuming that people want to scale. Um, mm. A lot of the times with, I guess, business coaching and consulting in general, people assume that that people want to get bigger within their businesses. Growing yeah. and getting bigger is different. Um, evolving um, is something that I'm more focused on. So, I'm really um, intentional about making sure that what we design fits in with what you want. So, I obviously really want to make sure that you're using your time um, in the best way that you want. Um, And that might be doing the same amount in less time, doing less in less time. It might be doing more in the same amount of time. It might be I'm stepping, I need to step away and I'm about to have maternity leave. So I really need to know how to potentially hand over for a while. So, um, you know, I really am interested in intentionally designing your business structures to suit where you're, your life is the trajectory of your life, I suppose, not just assuming that everyone wants to get bigger and have an enormous team and become a conglomerate, I suppose.
0: I love that because it is, it's almost like it's a pressure, actually, to want to scale your business and to grow it into this big monster. And, yeah, not everyone wants that. So I love that you talk about that. That's so good. I was just going to say, particularly for creatives,
1: which is where I focus on, um We want to make sure that we can free up their time and their headspace, I suppose, to be creative. We get really bogged down with the operational side of business. um, And that's where I want to try and alleviate um, some of that pressure so that they have the headspace to create, which is what they're best at.
0: Yeah. And often, I'm sure you see this a lot, but creatives aren't usually the best with systems.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're my target market, let's be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely feel it. Like, I don't feel like I have a processes and systems brain. So I'm very excited (laughs) to learn a little bit more here. Okay, so (laughs) planning, intentionally designing your 2020. Now, why is it important that we start the year with a plan of attack? Ooh,
1: well, it's a roadmap, I guess. Um, And it's a design for what you want for the year um and i guess without you know the whole thing about um failing to plan is planning to fail for yes. me is true um and it's it's also a way to measure i guess because the first thing we're going to talk about is reviewing um 2019 but you need to you know to have some kind of baseline i guess to decide was the year successful in whatever way that means to you not necessarily profitable or whatever but the balance that you had um and how your health was within that even as well so yeah
0: okay so where do we start
1: oh where do we start yes well (laughs) as i said it's really really exciting to start goal setting as your first priority but i'm gonna say no 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 don't do that (laughs) please start with reviewing 2019 or the previous year or the previous six months even so I know that can be hard for creative businesses um so the way I sort of look at it is don't freak out and think oh my god I'm not good at I'm not good at analyzing and looking at the numbers necessarily and that's really difficult so what I try and encourage is a particular little method that I use, which is yeah. think of them as th- think of the review process as a set of conversations. So, mm. so Steph, you yes. are the CEO of yes. Steph Taylor or StephTaylor.co, right? Yes. So when we're looking at reviewing and planning, you're sitting at the head of the boardroom table, right? Yep, Mm -hmm. as CEO. You have a whole lot of (laughs) little steps. Well, it's true. So, and and even if you are a one-man band or a one-woman show, we need to realise, particularly when planning, that we have a whole set of departments that sit under the CEO line, I suppose. And even if That is you under the CEO. So Steph Taylor, GM of marketing, Steph Taylor, GM of HR, Steph Taylor, (laughs) chief financial officer, right? So rather than worrying about analysis, we Mm -hmm. want you to go, okay, Steph Taylor, CEO, you're going to have a conversation with Steph Taylor, general manager of marketing. What do you want to ask the general manager of marketing? Right. So it becomes a conversation. So, what are you going to want to know from the general manager of marketing? You're probably going to want to know what marketing efforts were successful this year. And obviously, as a launching gal, that's probably the bit that you're going to be able to answer really easily. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, what marketing efforts? Went really well this year. What bombed? Um, obviously, there's always a financial element in there. How much did I potentially spend on those efforts? Um, so on and so forth, I suppose. So you've got yeah. you've got your marketing department, you've got your finance department. So in your finance department, yes, you'll be probably talking about um, what uh, what services were the most profitable. What services did not make any money this year? Um, what is it time to review our pricing um obviously start of the year is just a really kind of easy easy time to review pricing like people seem to expect it at the start of at the start yeah. of the new year so use that to your advantage if it makes you nervous um doing it sort of <laughs> randomly throughout other times of the year do we need to yeah do we need to increase
0: our prices is it time um, yeah. And it's a good way also with like the December, January quiet period, yeah. it's a really good way to get clients booked in for January because if they know, if they book in before the end of the year and they can lock in your discounted or your lower yeah. your original price, then yeah. they've got some incentive to book in for that quiet yes. time.
1: So it's a good trick to be able to sort of tell people that there's a price rise but also an incentive to book in and then everyone will kind of know by the start of the new year so so we definitely want to have a conversation with our chief financial officer Steph right (laughs) (laughs) um we want to have a chat with HR okay so what um you know, what development opportunities were there for you last year that you did or didn't take up? Are there new ones for next year that you want to take up? Courses that you want to do that will um, really improve your business? Um, what else do we want to talk about? We want to talk about um, are there additional um, support you need? Do you, Is it time to maybe look at a VA, for example? Um, uh, and And, yeah, what other kind of, yeah, People management things can we talk about? As I said, if you're looking to um maybe step away, if someone's potentially looking to go on mat leave or even a holiday, what support do we need to put in place um, for you, particularly if you're a one woman show? Yeah?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And hours, I guess, that's another thing to review within the HR space. Like, what is the balance that you want? This is where my whole do you want to <laughs> do more and less time, less and less time bit comes in, right? Yeah um, what worked this year just gone for you? Like, were you able to stick to your hypothetical three days a week? Um, or was that completely, (laughs) did that completely go out the window? And in reality, it was five. Um, like, let's be realistic about how that all worked. What supports do you need to try and, you know, achieve that if that's still something you really want to achieve in 2020?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And, I, I love that you include that in the review and not just, you know, the numbers and the profit and all of that because you can be making the biggest profit, but if you're working, you know, seven well, seven days a week. HR <laughs> needs to working. take
1: care of its most important staff member, yeah. which is you.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's something really important. do
1: that. Totally, oh, yeah. okay. totally. The next department we want to have a chat with is your IT department. Always make friends with your IT department friends um so with the IT department I guess what we want to know from them like is it is this the year that you need to upgrade your laptop like what are the things from an IPT perspective that are going to make your life easier Um, and yeah that could be um upgrading your laptop it could be Migrating to a different lot of email marketing software that might be a little bit more expensive, yeah. but it's time because the amount of time you spend on trying to clunk together something cheaper <laughs> is not worth your time. So um, no. definitely time to think about, um, yeah, what what in IT land can make your, your life a bit easier next year and whether that's, yeah, whether this is the year to sort of put a bit of a kiddie aside
0: for that. Yeah, and the funny, the funny thing is, just as we were talking about IT, it cut out. (laughs) One of our internets cut out and it's just, ah, the joys of living in Australia. Prove me wrong, (laughs) IT. How embarrassing. Like, I'm an IT geek. Anyway, that's fine. um, so once you've had that conversation with the IT department, are there any other departments left
1: yeah, to have conversations? the most important one, oh, which okay. would be your operations team, which is really the service oh, provider um, area. So um, I guess this is where we want to go, okay, what are the core services that we're currently offering? Mm. Do they all still light us up, particularly if they're a service? Um, how many of the different services that we offered last year actually got taken up? So if we've got three core services, let's say, um, you know, were people really into service one and two, but didn't really take up service three? Do we, do we can that service? Yeah. Do we tweak it and make it, um, something slightly different? Um, and are there new services that we want to implement in the new year as well? Um, so yeah, so that's really, what we want to do in the operations team, because that's really the core of our business is the services that we offer. Um, So we really want to just not just assume that, okay, we've got a suite of services and they'll just keep plodding along. Um, You really still obviously want to be offering things that light you up. I've had it in the past where I've had services and if people inquire about them, I'm like, oh, that service. (laughs) Ah, Me too. (laughs) If that's how you're feeling then maybe it's time to can it or repackage it in a way that makes you excited to want to deliver it. Um, I love that. Yeah. yeah.
0: So important.
1: And I suppose as well within that um, operations piece, we want to make sure that we're potentially documenting some of our mm-hmm. services and processes, obviously one of my favourite things to do, um, <laughs> to make sure that we're able to deliver them really consistently. So have a look at, okay, is there anything that I can sit down over the summer period and start really noting down what um, what I do to deliver um, deliver particular services? Because what mm-hmm. we'll find is... When we get really busy, that's when we really want to start outsourcing or bring a VA on. But by definition, we have no time to onboard someone or induct someone. And so it's hopefully in maybe the quieter times, if you hopefully have a quieter time over Christmas, (laughs) that we can actually start to document some of those things. So we're setting ourselves
0: up and setting our um, resources up to succeed yeah that makes sense and so should somebody be documenting say for example the process of a service that only they can deliver or is it only for things where they might one day outsource it
1: no definitely not so um i that's one of my foundational things that i do with clients is um, workflow their signature service um yeah and i do this in a way that encapsulates the client journey the admin and then mm-hmm. the actual, um, I guess the service that's being provided. So if I'll use photography yes, as right. an example, so you'd have your what the client sees, all the admin and then. The what the photographer has to do, I guess, like they have to be the one to take the photos, but from an admin point of view, they might not be the one that has to set up the um, appointment. So we want to make sure that we're encapsulating the whole experience so that we can then have a really good understanding of how many touch points um, the customer has, um, how many tasks we have, and is that where our time is sort of best spent. So, um, so yeah, so the whole the whole shebang.
0: Yeah. Okay. So once you've documented Mm -hmm. those processes, Mm -hmm. what comes next in the planning? Okay.
1: So now we can move forward and start goal setting and planning because really, yay, yay, you've had your conversations with your your board, I guess, with your general managers. (laughs) Um, And really that should really inform your planning in such a way that the rest is kind of easy or short, I suppose, yeah. in a way, because you've had your, your conversations about what worked and what didn't this year, which by, by definition informs what we should be moving forward with next year. Um, so mm-hmm. that kind of becomes like quite easy, I, su- I suppose, when, when I'm doing it with clients. So, um, again, you can look at it from a, departmental point of view i suppose ultimately steph taylor the ceo is going to make the decisions about who gets the um the (laughs) you know does does it get some funding for a new laptop or does marketing get the funding (laughs) that they want for the launches (laughs) um but we want to i guess review our discussions with um our departments i guess you'd say and -hmm. then decide what the priorities are moving forward so um I guess planning and prioritising are hand in hand um, and we want to make sure that we're making informed decisions based on, well, for me, it's what's important for my business and for my clients is making sure that our planning fits within our life, so intentionally designing your yeah. business, right? So this is where I might actually start going, okay, let's logistically um, plot out the, um, the year, So how are we actually going to get there? And what I always encourage people to do first is put in the school holidays, put in the (laughs) overseas trip, put in the ideal finish date for the year of 2020. Like I want to have sort of, um, you know, rolled things up by the second week of December and I might, you know, I'm going to start back the... Second week of Jan, or if you can afford to have a nice long break, but start to plot out those pieces that are important to you um or periods where you know you might not be um at optimal work capacity, I suppose like with if you've got kids, right. you've got your um school holidays, you know let's be realistic, you might not get quite as much done as you would um during the term. Um, so I actually kind of encourage people to map out those, those blocks first, and then we can kind of see what we've got to work with, with regards to your actual time. So from here, I would start to look at the list of things that we want to deliver in the year. Mm. so for you Steph it might be I want to launch a few new products Um, I want to continue with a couple of offers that I launched this year and Mm. how many of them are realistic to get into next year so often at this point this (laughs) is when someone who's a super goal setter has written 27 different things they want to launch which is great um, that was me last year. <laughs> but let's set you up to succeed and acknowledge that what, what are the priority ones and what are the ones that would be nice to have if we get a little bit of extra time, a little bit of extra capacity. So I really want people to set themselves up to succeed with their time um, by yeah. being realistic about what they can fit into their day, week, month, year, whatever timeframe because it doesn't have to be all of 2020, I suppose. Um, and I would start to, yeah, get the building blocks going with the logistics of how we're going to fit everything in. Wow. (laughs) Is that, is that a lot of info? (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) No, it makes so much sense because yeah. So I, about a year ago when I was looking at planning my 2019, I thought, okay, so I'm going to launch this, 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 I'm going to do all of these things. And now looking back at my 2019, I've done maybe a third of those things and it fe- it doesn't feel good yep. to look back and see, oh, I haven't achieved all of these things. But in hindsight, I also did try to achieve a lot yep. more than I realistically could. Yep. So, yeah, I think being realistic is the key there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the beauty of sort of documenting some of your processes. Um, Obviously, doing workflows and things is one of the foundational things that I do. Mm. And when you look at a signature service, it might be, I always use the photographer example because I find it really easy to explain, you have a (laughs) two-hour photo shoot service that you offer. By the time we workflow it, for you, it might actually be um, between um, the lead generation onboarding, the actual shoot, the editing, and then the delivery. That might be a 14-hour offer, right? So wow, yeah. for example, so we really want to make sure that, okay, for every two hour shoot you book, it's actually 14 hours of your time, which means there's a maximum you can fit into a day, a week, a month, yada, yada. So of we course, want to make yeah. sure, so with your launch plans, obviously, Steph, you would have a sequence of events that you go through and, um, mm-hmm. and sort of know how long it takes to to get to launch day, I guess I might, I might use that example. So yeah. if you've got a particular amount of launches that you want to um, get through and you want to launch something every, uh, I don't know, every quarter, let's say you've got four launches and you want to yeah. launch what, something every quarter. Um, when do you have to have started working on that to succeed with that? And can you fit that in with yeah. all the things? So it starts to get a little bit logistical, but that's what I'm here to help with.
0: Um, That makes so much sense. And yeah, like with launches, I think one a quarter is plenty Mm. for people. I mean, yeah, I, this year I tried to do more than one a quarter and I really felt it, like it was tough. (laughs) So I wouldn't recommend more than one a quarter. Yeah.
1: And so again, with intentionally designing your business to suit your life, like we, once we know these things around, okay, it takes me X number of Days or hours to get to launch day um, and and particularly when we document it's out of our heads we don't have to worry about it because we know what the process is, and then we can just make the decision of okay, we're going to launch once a quarter, and I know exactly what that's going to look like. I don't have to try and remember the steps, and I know that yeah. I'm going to be able to achieve it because I know my time frames.
0: that makes so much sense, yeah, definitely love it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yep. so then what comes next?
1: Okay, so I guess really it's the doing. Um, so yeah. if you've got any um, anything that you have set in place because of your review like getting the new tech or looking for a VA or shuffling around the days that you're going to work versus last year, um, get them done in Jan so that we're set up for the year. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of it. I guess the other thing to think about is I haven't really mentioned in terms of the CEO role, um, we want to make sure that we're reviewing, um, you know, we're planning for the year, but we're not only reviewing at the end of every year. So we might have this amazing yeah. plan, perfect plan, with all my time set up so perfectly, and then something happens in March which puts it all out the window and your time is changed, your availability has changed. We want to make sure that it's not set in stone and that we can review it whenever we need to. So if this was a big conglomerate organisation, your CEO would be setting a, you know, a review, um, a quarterly review with all of your GMs, I suppose. Right. So we want to make sure that we're still reviewing to some capacity um, every quarter. So that would be something else I should have mentioned before around, you know, putting in our blocks for our holidays and our school holidays and whatnot, putting in blocks for more planning and more reviewing, oh. really encourage people to have a company retreat for one potentially, um, every that. every quarter potentially. Um, I mean, it depends what your whether that's necessary or not. Or whether every six months would do um but and you can potentially do this with girlfriends as well obviously like make it a bit of a focus a focus weekend away or whatnot so that everyone's sort of looking at the same thing and that can always help when it's in a group setting if it's just you but definitely thinking like the ceo and thinking what's the ceo gonna want to know about my business at the moment does that help (laughs) (laughs) retreat the word retreats will be what everyone likes
0: I like that. Mm -hmm. More like a staycation even, just booked into a hotel, a local hotel for a night or two. So Okay, so every quarter, are we basically repeating the entire process of planning for the year or is it like an abbreviated process? I
1: think it would be an abbreviated process unless something like quite impactful has happened in that quarter that Mm -hmm. maybe blows everything out of the water. Um, right, which would, might be something, you know, in your personal life or something that um, changes your availability or your focus, mm-hmm. um, I would say do a mini version of this every quarter, um, okay. getting in touch with each of the departments, um, particularly, the you know, the ones that, again, intentionally designing your business to suit you, get in touch with the HR department, ask if your staff members are all happy, <laughs> um, And yeah, it's okay to, to change the trajectory, I guess, like as someone who's quite structured, this is something I have to really work on myself that, um, just because I've set something in motion doesn't mean it can't change. That's totally okay. And don't wait until some of the more obvious milestones, like the end of the year, if you really need to change, like, obviously you've spoken a lot recently about pivoting, um, and yeah. if pivoting is what you need to do e- during the year, even though you've set up a, a different plan, that's to- that's that's great really because um, you'll be happier. That's what we want. Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's so funny that you struggle to deviate from your plan because, for me, a plan is just like a, a suggestion <gasps> on what I should be working on. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't say that to me. I'm hyperventilating. ventilating. I know no. I need I know twenty twenty I'm actually going to be intentional in sticking yeah. to my plan because this year I did not this year was the year of spaghetti throw, yeah,
1: and you know, I definitely don't want people to feel that having structure in place is um is suffocating and claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to um I guess help in a way that hopefully people realize it's quite freeing. Um, to have some of these structures in place and know where you're going but at the same time it's yeah it's obviously
0: fine to change the trajectory of of what you want to do great okay so Mm -hmm. if somebody's now got their plan written out and they look at it and they just feel this feeling of overwhelm what are your best tips for overcoming this
1: okay a year is a long time and we don't I, I don't look at a year and like I plan out a year but I I mate I look at things weekly if not daily because <laughs> looking too far looking at it as a whole it's bloody overwhelming even for me so I definitely take it in chunks um break yeah. it down to quarterly it could be like particularly if you're looking at things quarterly it might be repeatable anyway so a quarter ahead is is potentially what you might only need to look at um Right. But yeah, break it down into whatever it is that works for you. And for me personally, that's looking, um, at a week at a time, basically, and then going, okay, well, what, what am I doing today to achieve the thing that I want at the end of the week? I guess.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you have any tools that you would use to plan? Do you use like paper and a wall planner? Do you use a digital planner? Mm -hmm. What recommendations do you have? Oh,
1: Okay. So this is an interesting question because I'm a big believer in not just using a a tool, particularly software and things, because someone else uses it. Um, Because (laughs) so many times on a Facebook group, I'll see someone go, hi, what's your what CRMs do you all use and people will give you a plethora of lists and then you just pick right and it's like no we need to know what you need in your business which is really where the workflow stuff comes into it because we can then work out what's important um however I guess in general terms um definitely a project management tool now A tool doesn't have to be software. So some people, particularly creatives, they're super visual people, um, they might just want to have some kind of um, Kanban thing on their office wall where they move things around and pin things around and colour code everything. Um, That's awesome. I obviously do use (laughs) an IT thing. um, I've just become obsessed with ClickUp which is like a... Oh, a, I use ClickUp as well. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm a bit obsessed, um, Yeah, which is not to say rush out and use ClickUp because it would be hypocritical of me. But it's <laughs> so for people that don't know, it's like an Asana or a Trello. Um, but for me, it's just got a whole bunch of features that I just, that I just love the way you can tag and um, filter and view things. It's awesome. So, um, and it's free and it's free. I've got the paid version just because I'm a nerd and I just, I need, I need all the features. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so you visually being able to access it, um, access your plan wherever you are is probably the main reason I would encourage someone to use, um, some kind of software um yeah. but definitely investigate what that might look like for you and yeah trello asana clickup they've all got free versions give them a go to see which one is the one that has the user interface that you that you love that's really what's going to be the make or break um but yeah it doesn't have to yeah. be it it can be manual um but i also do try and encourage people to um be able to access their information wherever they are so that would be the the driving force to encouraging someone to use um, some kind of project management tool yeah that makes sense
0: yeah I mean you wouldn't want to be traveling and then suddenly have to remember what you've got stuck on what, what well, post-it notes you've got stuck on your wall exactly. or your desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah or if it falls off the
1: wall and someone vacuums it up and then it's gone so um yeah, yeah. so and, <laughs> or, dog and eats look, it or you know that's kind of my secret to my um like all my roles, I guess, from a corporate point of view were all, you know, they're called different things. But ultimately, I was project managing things. Um, and everyone would say, oh, you're so organized. But the secret is, <laughs> no, my project management system tells me what to do. I don't remember. Like, I need it to tell yeah. me what to do. And again, that's another way to sort
0: of free up your headspace because you're just just letting it tell you what to do. That's so good. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I need to start using mine a bit more. Yeah. I still have so much in my head. Yep. So, yeah, great. That was a great tip. Thank no you. Okay. So at the end of every podcast mm-hmm. episode, I have a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests. Hey. All right. <laughs> so the first question is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self?
1: Oh, goodness. It's so cliche, but just start. And for me, yeah. as someone who's an over over-analyzer, that's really hard to do. Because I I need a process, duh. Um, I need I need to like, write <laughs> it all down and figure out how it's gonna gonna work. But I am um, a recovering perfectionist, and that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. So um, just start, put it out there at least that you're going to start. That's what I've done just recently. I've put it out there that I'm going to start a podcast. So now that I've put it out there, bloody well have to do it. So, yeah, definitely yeah. Um, just start, but also um, start for the right reasons. Start with, um, mm-hmm. yeah, stay in your lane, I guess, would be my other one. Don't just do things because other people are doing it. Um, don't become a, you know, don't. Don't become a business coach just because a friend is a business coach and they're successful. Like, is that really what you want to do, for example? Um, yeah, stay in your lane. Really um, embrace um, your your skill set. So for me, it took me a while to realise that my nerdy process skill set um was useful <laughs> to people. I thought, doesn't everybody <laughs> write things down and process things and nope. whatever else? Like, isn't that odd? Like, if, you know, we don't know what we don't know, but we also don't realise that our skill sets are other people's challenges, I guess. So, um, yeah. So yeah, just start uh, and sort of stay in your own lane and embrace your,
0: your nerdiness or your skill set. I love that. Thanks. So, Lauren, what has been your biggest oops moment so far? Oops moment. <sighs> my biggest oops
1: moment would probably be not um, pivoting or stopping a service when I knew it didn't light me up. Like I, I let it run um, mm. for too long, I suppose. So, um, and it made me miserable basically. <laughs> so I would say, yeah. yeah, my biggest oops moment would be um, yeah having not having too much pride but um being a bit too stubborn um to mm. to say this isn't working for me even though it might be um a service that's providing value to someone else i'm not loving it so i'm yeah i guess that would be my biggest awesome moment is um li- oh, letting, it, letting it to go that. too long <laughs> i suppose before going no nah, yeah. this isn't for me next
0: oh i can definitely relate to that <laughs> Lauren, what has been your biggest growth moment?
1: Uh, My biggest growth moment,
0: gosh, ooh, I guess
1: realising, yeah, when I really did realise that my skill set was someone else's um, challenge because I think sometimes we think our skill set is really um, obvious um, like, yeah. you, I mean, I don't know if this is the case for you, but you might go, oh, it's so easy to launch things. It's so obvious what you should do. Yeah. And I'm like, I have no bloody idea how to do that. Um, <laughs> and so going back to basics and realizing you don't have to overcomplicate your service, um, or your process mm-hmm. to f- have people find value in it. Um, often we think, yep. oh, the, the course has to be a bazillion modules long and a bazillion videos and a whole bunch of downloadable coursework. And it's like, well, if you want to sell me something that I can finish in two days versus two months, I might still pay the same amount for it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that would probably be my biggest growth moment. I love hmm. that.
0: And then the last one, who or what inspires you? Oh, my gosh.
1: I think anyone, again, coming back to the whole just do it, anyone that has gone out yeah. and done it, <laughs> I'm inspired yeah. by slash jealous of because, I, again, the whole recovering yeah. perfectionist thing, um, I, yeah, the whole failure to launch thing was something that I was really struggling with. Yeah. Um, up until even just a few months ago, I guess. Anyone that has niched into something, so I, I love it when someone niches down. So obviously, you've niched down from sort of generalist marketing into launching. And, um, yeah, uh, for example, Lyndall Harris, hi, Lindell. Um, she, yeah. she runs podcast hi, VA and she's niched down from VA yeah. services to podcast production like that's oh I just love it when people do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. when people niche to something even more specific and it makes people go it is so obvious that I need that specific thing I love I love that love that stuff because I guess I'm still in some ways searching am, am I am I I need to niche a bit more or what is it that I need to do so I love a good oh, niche
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love a good niche as well and it's It's so funny because I was actually having this exact same conversation over the weekend where I was saying I've niched into launching, but you know what? Like maybe in three years from now, I might decide that I want to niche into launching, I don't know, memberships or launching podcasts or launching courses or, I don't know, launching new services. I might find that in what I'm offering now, there's actually one particular really tight niche that lights me Mm. up even more than the others. And then I might narrow down even more into that. And I love it. It's great. Love a good niche. (laughs) So, Lauren, where can our listeners find out more about you Uh, and your business? Come visit me
1: at seriouslysorted.com.au or um, Facebook and Insta at Seriously Sorted
0: would be great. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your planning process and your wisdom and all of your organizational nerdiness with us because... I love it it's great
1: (laughs) I hope I haven't inundated people with info but if there was one thing that I would encourage you to do it would be jot down your organizational structure so yes it might be Steph Taylor um as the head of every department but what are your departments I guess would be something Mm -hmm. and that will really help you start to inform inform your planning I guess yeah oh I love that
0: oh thank you so much
1: no problem such a pleasure